Welcome back to the Oklahoma Today podcast, bringing you all the best our state has to offer. Over the last year, I was allowed to write a series of stories about one of my favorite foods. To wrap things up, we are talking this week with Mike Bausch, the owner of Andalini's Pizza in Tulsa, about why this dish breaks so many barriers to bring people together. But first, let's get to our question of the week. We asked you, if you were designing an Oklahoma-themed pizza, which toppings would you choose? First up is Editor-in-Chief Nathan Gunner. Gravy. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think uh, I actually did have a thought about this. Um, so I had a really weird idea because I grew up with um, peach trees in my backyard that I thought grilled peaches might make a nice oh, that'd be great. kind of pizza mm-hmm. topping, kind of like pineapple, which I know is controversial. Please don't cancel me. Oh, um, God. I'd get so mad about people getting <laughs> mad about pineapple. Um, but I thought uh, I had the brief thought that grilled peaches, like grilled oh, summer be, peaches that'd be amazing. Porter would be a really good pizza topping. So that's my answer. Yeah, Just, I, like maybe that and like some um, like some bacon or something. I was actually thinking shrimp, weirdly enough, like grilled shrimp weird. and and peaches. I just think okay. that would be a really. Okay. I don't know. Pizza party at my house. I tried it. We're just going to try some stuff out. Yeah. (laughs) Managing editor Carly Ibarra. I have not had a really great dessert pizza, so I was thinking maybe like candied pecans, like a pecan pie, and strawberries, and maybe like a little bit of balsamic on it. I feel like that could be really good. Cream cheese instead of cheese. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) This is this pizza is slowly turning into a cheesecake, and I like it. Uh, Yeah, I'm here for it. (laughs) Photo editor Megan Rossman. Okay, well, I put some thought into this and was talking. (laughs) Oh, okay. Wow, shots fired. Wow. I was uh, talking to Lori and Lauren about this before I came in here, uh. and so it's sort of a it was sort of a group effort. But we were thinking like, so a base of perhaps like biscuit, <clears throat> topped with gravy, topped with you know your normal pizza cheese, some queso, chopped up chicken fried steak with a sprinkling of green onions, fried okra, hot sauce, and some sausage with jalapeno ranch dipping sauce. That does sound like it was designed by a committee because <laughs> yeah. it has all of the things that on it. sounds like the state meal. <laughs> it sort of I is. Was kind Honestly, of, it was inspired. That pizza yeah. is so Oklahoma, I expect the legislature to name it the official pizza of Oklahoma just any time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think so. Wow. Research editor Ben Lucian. You've, you've seen a pizza before, right? I think he might have even um, taken a car ride with one or two of them over the years. I have chauffeured many a pizza. Um, We're all familiar with the hot hamburger. I'm thinking the hot hamburger pizza. Um, I can't believe nobody has done that Third person to say gravy. Exactly. We are Oklahomans through I think we're on to something. For those who aren't aware, uh, hot hamburger pizza would be uh, beef pizza, hamburger pizza, um, covered with French fries and brown gravy. Like, how could Man. you? How Let me say this. Um, when I was in Italy, French fries on pizza is a real thing, and it's unbelievably good. It's yes. such a good pizza topping, French fries. I can't believe it's never made it to America. I think we need, in the, in the States, we need to do a better job of incorporating fries, like, into things, um, like f- fries and burritos, for agree. example. Agree. Uh, Who hasn't yes. thrown a few chips on a burger, right? That's that's good exactly. eating. Exactly. Yeah. It's not just for the sides. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say fries on a hamburger, fries uh, it, fries in a burrito is kind of how you make a California burrito because you're adding in the potato and the rice and everything. Oh, okay. So, okay. Uh, 
I um, I think the perfect Oklahoma pizza has to has to be a Chicago style pizza for this re- <laughs> for this reason. Uh, one, it's a very hefty pizza. Uh, a single slice is usually enough, uh, but this time it's going to be because it's so heavy with meats and cheeses mm-hmm. that that really appeal to the Oklahoma palate. Um, also, because with Chicago style, the sauce is on top, so that symbolizes the red dirt of Oklahoma. Wow. Is the, yeah. 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 I, wow. I meditated on this, guys. This has become a tone poem. <laughs> Uh, let's see. For toppings, a selection of favorites plucked from the Oklahoma State meal, sausage, barbecue pork, and maybe even a few pieces of chicken fried steak. No one said strawberries. Yes, you did. I said strawberries. Oh, that's right. You did for your dessert pizza. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Okay. It, uh, here is what you guys had to say. We had some We had some really great ones here. Uh, uh, the folks at Visit Shawnee suggested prime rib and sautéed sweet I onions. I saw that, I and like, I thought huh, it was brilliant. That sounds good. I'm I'm not, someone make that pizza. Uh, they have. It's at Hideaway. And they also put a horseradish cream on top, and it's amazing. Oh my gosh! Yeah, wow. well, yeah. I that's, know where we're going after in this. In fact, I'm pretty sure. Look for that it's, uh, this winter. Is, it's, uh, it's, a, it's usually a Christmas time. Is 9:42 a.m. too early for pizza? Uh, no, I mean okay. if you ordered it last night. Now, uh, <laughs> Shelly Landis Scoville said chicken fried steak and green beans. Good. Uh, Chrissy Brown said a barbecue pizza with head country barbecue. Ooh, Shelly, I'm gonna see your green beans and raise you fried green beans. Ooh, or right? pickled. Ooh, <laughs> both. Uh, Robin said, I, I also really like this one, bison meat and Watonga cheese. Brilliant. Yeah. Ooh, man. Uh, I can't remember if it's Watonga cheese or Christian cheese. Someone has some kind of like really spicy, like a ghost pepper cheese, one of those two. Oh, I, I bet they North both Western have it Oklahoma at this point. Cheeseries. Yeah, okay. Uh, Amy said, creamy garlic sauce, chopped burnt ends, grilled onion, sharp white cheddar, and mozzarella drizzled with local barbecue sauce to finish. Okay, y'all are good at this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Stacey Matthews, I, this was another one I thought was great, just goat cheese and sausage. Perfect. Like, doesn't that sound amazing? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, we could call that the Snibbles pizza. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so uh, we had lots and lots more. If you want to inspire your next pizza order, uh, feel free to head over to our Facebook page or Instagram page. That's Instagram.com slash Oklahoma Today or Facebook.com slash Oklahoma Today. I'm not actually today. kidding. I kind of want to go get some like DiGiorno crusts and <laughs> legit try some of these. You know what's really funny is uh, when we talk to Mike Bosch, we're going to hear a little bit about his theories on on uh, why people go to pizza places versus making their, home, their own at home. And oh. it's, it's pretty smart. Oh, yeah. it's me. It's because I'm bad at it. <laughs> kind of. Uh, okay. uh, speaking of which, let's talk to Mike Bosch. And now uh, we are all very happy, but more especially, I'm very happy to welcome in uh, the pizza professor himself, uh, Mr. Mike Bosch from uh, uh, Andalini's Pizzeria in Tulsa. Uh, Mike, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, so uh, this past year, I uh, I was writing about pizza uh for the magazine uh many many times and i turned to you uh more than more than a couple of times uh for information uh on on uh, pizza history um as well as kind of what is uh, what the standards are how did you get involved with pizza in the first place it's you know not a, a lot of pizza guys who have been in it for a long time you know, people will say, "Where did you grow up knowing you would always love pizza?" I'm like, "Yeah, everyone does. If you have a soul, <laughs> you love pizza. It's not a high bar." Uh, I, my story is really weird in that I was, at, I went to law school for 90 solid minutes and said, <laughs> said no. Uh, I had been accepted and done all that, and my brother got transferred to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I was living in San Francisco, and I, 
He's like, you just want to take this like little bonus I'm getting for moving here and start a, a family restaurant. I had worked a pizza place. I had worked fine dining. And then I just made it my mission to learn everything I could about pizza and running a restaurant. And I would not advise having a 22 year old with limited restaurant experience own a restaurant. But I also didn't drive halfway across America with all the all my belongings to my name in a rented van to suck at making pizza. I, so I gotcha. <laughs> that's where that came from. And then it was, you know, at first it was just a tonnage of info and failure. But at 22, I had nothing but effort and, and sweat equity. And I would hit up anyone in the industry that would talk to me. And a lot of people wouldn't, but a few that would, I was advantageous to learn as much as I could from them and developed. And by the time I was four years deep, I had a, a college level degree in pizza making from a, a certified course from Italy the first time I had come to America. And that is, you know, I think that anybody who's eaten at Andalini's Pizza um, can tell that that your your knowledge is fairly encyclopedic because you guys have uh, several different styles of pizza that you serve at, at, at your uh, various uh, restaurants. How many, how many locations do you guys have now? For Andalini's Pizzeria proper, there's five full-blown brick-and-mortar restaurants and the food truck. Uh and then my protege, uh, Tara Hatton, uh, who both my brother and I have been working with for uh, six years, seven years now, has opened up a sister brand to what's called Zaza's Pizza and Wings. Okay, very cool. Um, and, and so one of the things I was going through, I think that people in Oklahoma um, are especially used to um, kind of fast food pizza. Um, but your restaurant and, and really restaurants across the state are doing uh, a variety of styles. What, what is the, your idea for the, for kind of the, the, um, the optimal starter pizza? Where, where does the, where does the pizza pie come from? And the optimal, like for a home chef or for well, someone I, who wants to make a straight up pizza? <laughs> I guess, I guess, uh, for someone who's looking for a pizza education, uh, what, what should they start by eating, ordering things like oh, that? Okay. Yeah. Well, I think I think if you're going to eat, if you want to just say, hey, start with what a solid straight up pizza would be. Our DeMarco of Brooklyn pizza is the biggest culmination of simplicity, but also history. It's a mix of Napolitana or Naples and that it has San Marzano tomatoes and, and fresh stretch mozzarella. But it's got a New York fermentation style crust and you are getting the essential basic perfect version of the most historical pizza but also the most americanized version of the best way of doing it so you're really in and it's a perfect pizza because if you're super like hearty meat eater you still dig that pizza if you're vegetarian you still dig that pizza it's an all-encompassing super win and it's for me if i go to a mexican restaurant i'm getting a bean cheese and rice burrito Okay. If you can if you can play Mary had a little lamb, maybe we'll get to Stairway to Heaven. But I'm not starting at Stairway. And I think that's what happens with a lot of pizza places and just beer in general, lots of stuff. People are like, "How how crazy can I get?" I'm like, "Get straight up first." Yeah. And then go from there. So that is a straight up perfect pizza. Now, if someone was like, "Oh, I had a cheese pizza." We I'm very prideful of our cheese pizza as well, but the amount of layers of flavor in that pizza with three uh 
three times extra virgin olive oil from uh, the Pugilio region of Italy with Pecorino Romano before and after to bake, basil after to bake. Again, fresh stretch mozzarella that we stretch from curd in-house. That is simplicity done perfect. Yeah. Well, and and one thing that I've always really appreciated about Andalini's is you guys are really hardcore as a scratch kitchen. You want to be doing this stuff yourself and not uh, relying on as much as possible. So, yeah. um, so what, what I, the hand stretch mozzarella, obviously yes. you're making your own sauce. What else are you guys doing in house? Oh, I mean, the meatballs <laughs> are made by us. Every salad dressing is made by us. Obviously the dough, uh, the sausages is cased by us for a sausage link, as well as individual sausage, uh, food, 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 purveyors like uh food vendors u.s food cisco those guys really don't like because they'll be like hey we have this new frozen ravioli to show you I'm like that's just not us so like yeah. what's your price of ground beef because we are base product we don't and it's somewhat of out of being a purist but also i believe that the customer comes to us for something that they couldn't do at home yeah if you could buy it on amazon and just make it at home why are you coming to me yeah. I, there's nothing wrong with having a bobbly pizza and a Coors Light, but I'm not going to make it and sell it to you. <laughs> gotcha. You know, uh, that is something having talked to to pizza uh, shop owners and, and chefs across the state. It really does feel like we are in kind of a, a pizza renaissance right now mm. with the culmination of. Uh, New York style, uh, uh, Neapolitan style, Detroit style, Chicago style, uh, um, cauliflower crust and, and all of the alternative stuff. Uh, it, it Every way you want pizza right now, you can get it uh, in Oklahoma, which is pretty crazy. Yes. Yeah, I and I'm proud of of what the state has done. I was super stoked when we bought uh, this first. Well, we had the first Rotoflex oven to come into this state. And the first Stefano Ferrara oven to come into this state. And a Rotoflex is a classic American-made deck oven that spins with a window. And it's like the the perfect oven for straight up pizza. Because it's you don't it's like a deck oven, but you don't have to open the door and to see what's going on and spin it. It does that on its own, so it makes a more perfect pizza. And then the Stefano Ferrara is like a Ferrari for making Napolitana pizza. And just like a Ferrari, it should be you should be baking it at above 850, ideally 900 degrees. Like you should be driving it fast. You should be driving it uh, hot. And I'm proud that we brought that. And when we classically with that oven, people would put like Naples on it or the name of the pizza place. I'm like, well, we're not in Naples. Yeah. And you know the pizza place because you're here. So I put Tulsa on it kind of so that when people in the industry saw, oh, wow, Tulsa has that. Yeah, because there's more restaurants per person here than there is in New York City in Tulsa. And I'm hmm. and the food scene is incredible. The food scene all across Oklahoma is, is is very interesting, but I'm very proud of Tulsa's. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I I have that. That's been for me the great joy of this series was getting to try so many different styles from so many different people. Um, and, and the passion is there, you know, uh, uh, whether it's a food truck or, uh, or an old school restaurant or someone who's trying something completely different. Um, you just, you feel that pizza is this, uh, uh unifying, uh, thing. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, uh, you know, for one thing, pizza is there. Yes, there are personal pizzas and every pizza can be a personal pizza if you're brave enough, but <laughs> But the a pizza is 
in many cases meant to be shared. And it is, it's everybody's reaching in and grabbing a slice and everybody is coming together to decide what's going to be on the pizza. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And it, it's an equalizer as well. I've never met a, I've never met a rich person or a poor person uh, or anybody in between who was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not, I don't like pizza. Like who, who's, who said, who says that? It's, it's actually a very, a very appropriate point that you make. Cause that is the, as a food item, that's what occurred in 1889 when pizza was introduced in Italy Pizza was a peasant food mm-hmm. to the nth degree. It was an absolute peasant food. The, it was the scraps of fat from the butcher that poor people could afford and, and sprinkling of cheese and the weed, the basil that was basically a weed on this cheap product. So it was what peasants ate. And then when a pizza was made for Queen Margarita in the colors of the Italian flag and she had it and she was like, oh, this is amazing. There was no celebrities. There were no influencers. There's just politicians. And when the queen said, oh, this is awesome, then it became a unifying thing for all of Italians. It would be like the Hot Pocket was <laughs> something that people, if rich people were like, oh, I have Hot Pockets. Like, oh, and it, everyone was gathering around. It became that. And I people don't say, let's all gather around the burgers. But they do say that about pizza, to your point. Yeah. Um. What uh, you you have also done? Yeah, you've traveled to Italy as well. Uh, you've taken part in some pizza competitions there. What is what do you think um, is the major difference between uh, Italian style pizza and what is uh, and the pizza that you find most commonly in America? Well, the Italians, first off, you can get bad pizza in Italy. It's not it's it's not like they uh, proximity is not an, an indicator of greatness. Gotcha. Same thing for New York. Everywhere it could be great or bad. But one thing in Italy is it's part of the the culture. So it's highly respected. The way we look at like firefighters, mm-hmm. they're not the most paid people, but everyone respects a firefighter. They respect uh, pizzaiolos or pizzaiolas or pizza makers. So that's one thing. Now, the pizza styles, there's, you know, thick crust, Sicilian, Roman, Napolitano. They, they run the gamut as well, but they keep it simple. They're not doing the commercialism and capitalism that we do, which nothing against it. It's America. That's what we do. But especially in the 80s, we really went far to the pizza to your door in 30 minutes or less, two pizzas for $10. You will not see any of that in Italy at all, at all. Yeah, It's just, you know, it's a respect for the, for the craft of making it above all. And it's also at every meal as an option, um, especially for lunch. And and it's just a light thing. It's also, they focus so much more on the fermentation hmm. and the digestibility of it because they eat late at night. So they don't want it to be heavy in their stomach. So you will almost never see a dough that is young dough that's then expanding in someone's stomach like you will hmm. see in America from a when say when people say dough fresh daily, well, dough shouldn't be fresh daily unless it's a Napolitana dough that's been left out to come to full formation fermentation cycle across the day, yeah. which is very rare. So yeah, that's that's some of the key differences. Well, and um the the uh you you were very particular also about the standard. Um uh, and it, it's uh STG, is that right? Yes. Um yeah. could you explain that a little bit more? Well, the STG contest, my first time in Italy, I well not first time, first time competing in Italy, I saw a contest called Specialty and Tradition Guaranteed or Specialate Tradicionale Garantita. And it was like all the old Italians who just make margaritas at 900 degrees all competing against each other. And that was the name of their contest. 
I was fascinated by it. And I was seeing them being judged on how they moved it in the oven as they cooked it in like 85 seconds. And someone's timing them, someone's looking at it. And when someone's like, oh, I, yeah, I don't know how that's going to play. It was like the Olympics where someone dives off a Olympic oh. diving board and someone's like, oh, that was too much splash on that seven <laughs> axle, you know, triple dive. And I'm like, these guys are at, at next level. Yeah. So I thought the name would be used. It wasn't. I'm like, we're going to do our pizza in America the same exact way. I'm going to learn everything about that style, get that flour, get that oven, get that process and do it. Because one thing I don't like is, First, I get salesmanship, I get capitalism, but I and I I love it all. But when people say the old world margarita and it's got like diced tomatoes on it, I was like, do that. Do say it's like a an Italian inspired, but it's not at all authentic. Yes. So I wanted to guarantee to the customer. Also, Andalini's brand is a spin on Italian classics. I am not doing New York style. I'm yeah. not doing Italian. I'm doing my spin on a New York fermentation, California ingenuity, Oklahoma flower. It's very unique. This is, we're not going to be unique. We're going to be identical to that. We're going to get the gelato and do it identical to that. Instead of buying a $5,000 ice cream machine, we're going to buy $40,000 gelato machines and ship them from Bologna. That's how far we're going to go for it. Yeah. Well, uh, folks, uh, I'm sure that you are absolutely as hungry as I am uh, after listening to Mike. Uh, if you are in and around the Tulsa area, uh, you should check out andopizza.com, and that's going to have all of the various locations uh, that you can find it. Uh, but uh, I'll be very honest with you. I don't care if you're in the Panhandle or in Broken Bow or where. It's worth it to drive to Andalini's Pizza. I've I, Some of the best pies I've ever had came out of your kitchen. So, uh, Mike, cool. thank you. So much for coming on. Um, I, I really, really appreciate your time. Hey, thank you so much. That's hands down. Like that's like some of the best. That's like one of my two or three best favorite pizza places in the whole state. I oh, right, yeah. Andalini's. I mean, like yes. I feel like every time we go to Tulsa, we end up at least talking about eating at Andalini's if we don't actually do it. Well, yeah. and, and yeah. also the just the the breadth of styles that he does because in most places you might have one or two, maybe three, and Andalini's is doing Neapolitan style, his version of a New York style, mm -hmm. uh, Detroit deep dish, uh, uh, Roman style. Style, like all that kind of stuff. They have smoked mozzarella too. Oh, I'm just like, so why? Good. Yeah. Well, smoked and, cheese. And they make so much of their stuff in house. They mm -hmm. do their own sausage. Uh, they case their own sausage. Wow. Like, yeah, they're 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 pretty great. Uh, Bellinis, man, we love you. Yes. <laughs> all right. It is now time for us to once again plumb the depths of TravelOK.com's calendars for our weekly pod vents. And first up this week is Megan. Hear ye, hear ye. The wild boar has always been a terrifying nuisance to many kingdoms. In Roman and medieval times, the wild boar was a symbol of evil, but also known to be kind of tasty. So hunters <laughs> would cut off its head in an act of seasonal triumph, and it would be displayed at feasts and, grace, and great households. As cultures became Christianized, this practice became a holiday season highlight. I do not know for sure if there will be a festive severed head on the table at the boar's head feast at the castle of Muskogee on November 19th, but there will be ham steak. Guests will also feast on delicate such as broccoli and cheddar soup, mm. cheese balls, fruit, bread, salad, berry crumb cake, ale, wine, and soft drinks. The castle will be decorated for Christmas, and its servants will put on an entertaining show for diners. Tickets are $50 per person. For more information, visit okcastle.com. I've always wanted to go to that. It sounds like so much fun. It does yeah. sound And like then you fun. said a ham steak, and now I'm, like, actually planning it. <laughs> 
A Mrs. Ham steak. Mama uh, loves her ham. <laughs> ben, what's your event this week? It's the source of all life on this planet. It awakens nature, generates food for plants, and protects us from bad energy. The regular occurrence of stubbed toes would be exponentially higher without it. I am, of course, talking about light. <laughs> it's I you were talking about cheesecake. <laughs> no, okay. no. Uh, but it's similar to Weeknight Wheel of Fortune, that life just wouldn't be possible without it. <laughs> Plus, have you seen how dark it's been getting since daylight savings time ended? By the time Wheel is over at 7 o'clock, it's at least 15 p.m. out there. <laughs> it's really no wonder that the people of Chickasha want to have a whole festival of light beginning this Saturday and running through New Year's Eve. It's so they can see what the heck is going on outside. In a genius move to enhance visibility, organizers have strung over 3.5 million electric lights through Shannon Springs Park. And as if that public service didn't hold enough merit on its own, the event also happens to be one of the nation's largest annual holiday light shows. You'll want to take your family on a drive through the various intricate Yuletide displays, not only because the photo brilliance perfectly illuminates the road in front of you, but because you and your loved ones will become so entranced by the twinkling joy that your own heart lights will also start glowing. That's right, you will become ETs. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Further enhance your experience by booking a carriage ride or viewing it all from atop the on-site Ferris wheel. Like light from the sun, the event is free for all. (laughs) But like light from a tanning bed, the carriage and carousel rides are only available to those who pay for them, $10 and $5 respectively. For more information, including details about food vendors, the ice rink, and hours of operation, visit ChickashaFestivalOfLights.org. You know, I hear Elon Musk is working on an $8 a month plan for sunlight, actually. (laughs) Let me ask you this. Daylight savings time just ended. Did we not save up enough this summer? I felt like we had so much, and it's it's still so dark now. Well, it goes bad quickly. (laughs) Well, we blow our savings every year. There you go. We're bad with, we have bad credit. (laughs) Nathan, what's your event this week? Well, uh, mine is exciting uh, because it refer. It's all about the humble pecan. Let us luxuriate for a moment and a few facts about every Southerner's favorite nut. It takes about 78 pecans to make a pie. So next time I expect you all to count. Uh, Pecan trees can live to be more than 200 years old. Um, It's like Greg. And um, one ounce of pecans provides about 10% of an adult's daily fiber needs. Wow. So if you're having issues with your fiber, eat 10 ounces of pecans and you'll be... Fibrous. Uh, And if the looming holidays have you salivating for a taste of Grandma's famous homemade pecan pie, and who isn't, you'll want to visit Luther this weekend, November 19th and 20th, for the Luther Pecan Festival, a two-day pecan extravaganza. I got both pronunciations in there, just so, you know, nobody's mad. A two-day pecan extravaganza featuring amazing shopping, art, food, music, and, of course, more pecans than you can shake a stick from a pecan tree at. Come hang out at the Couch Pecan Orchard on Route 66 for a fall event like no other. For more information, call 405-888-9946 or visit lutherregister.com. And yay for pecans. By the way, if people need a good pecan pie recipe, go to OklahomaToday.com. Scroll down and hit the archive 
link down there, about halfway down. Find the March-April 2016 issue. Megan wrote an amazing feature about pie, and there is a pecan pie recipe in there that is the best I've ever tasted. Hmm. And it takes a really long time to make, and it's super hard, but it's so worth it. And if you didn't write that down, we'll make sure and mention it a couple more times in the coming <laughs> yes. months. March, April, twenty sixteen. <laughs> Maybe we could even post. We could post it as a like, story. We could fairly. That sounds yeah, like a really okay. good. <laughs> <laughs> we, <Yeah. laughs> Uh, it's evergreen. By the way, I think your faith in humanity is so great because you you were like, if I say pecan both ways, then no one will be bad. And I'm like, he said pecan both ways. Everybody's, Everybody's going to be bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carly, well, then I, can, then I can, you know, say mean things to people who get mad because okay. I, I tried. <laughs> Carly, what's your event? The holiday season can be a time for joy and love, but it's also frequently uncomfortable. Wearing hot sweaters, eating your weight in sugar cookies, watching your savings account wither away to nothing. Those are all very uncomfortable things. Uh, but at Dickens on the Boulevard, it's only the reenactors themselves who will be pinched and pulled into their corsets, petticoats, stiff collars, tight trousers, and other Victorian torture devices. I mean, garments. Uh-huh. Visitors will be comfortable as, can, as they can be as they stroll the streets of Claremore, November 18th and 19th, where the windows will be filled with blacksmiths, spinners, wood carvers, and the like plying their traditional trades. In the streets, passersby might witness Wild West shootouts or dances from the era. Then there's a Victorian food court where hungry patrons can enjoy sensible portions of stew, beans, cornbread, and cobbler. And admission is free, so this is a great event for the whole family, unless they're the ones who make you the most uncomfortable. Mm. Visit downtownclaremore.org for more information. (laughs) I like that. Except for the part about sensible portions. You lost me there. (laughs) I'm uncomfortable on everybody's family, so... What do you got, Greg? Are you getting married? I am. (laughs) Yay! That's going to happen. I tricked another one. So, uh, (laughs) come November 20th, if you are anywhere near the Oklahoma City or Tulsa areas, you can take part in the Oklahoma Bridal and Wedding Expo at the Oklahoma City Fairgrounds and at Expo Square in Tulsa. Uh, Admission is $10 at the door for each, and that is where you will find all of the many things that you can spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on. To memorialize your love. He loves Jess very much. I just want to make this so very much, clear. Guys. Uh, he loves money also. Not as much, but he also loves money. If you're super broke like I am, uh, you can find me behind uh, the Oklahoma City Fairgrounds <laughs> building where I'll be just sifting through all of the displays hoping to find something salvageable. But you're better than me, folks. You're <laughs> So you can visit www.bridalshowsok-ok.com for the Oklahoma City Show or Bridal Shows ok-es.com for the Expo Square uh, Tulsa show and get uh, all the info on the various vendors and uh, vendors. Uh, It's pretty much vendors. Yeah, I went to that one time and I'll tell you what, you eat at least $10 worth of cake when you're there. So it totally pays for yourself if you just want to go and hang out. (laughs) If you just want to go eat cake. If you just want to get some cake. So if Megan went, she could... Be the girl with the most cake? She could. <gasps> Why do I? Megan, I, you could be the girl with the most cake. I don't need to go to a wedding expo to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Just let Megan wander through a homeland. She'll be the girl with the most She'll cake. Be the girl. No mm-hmm. worries. Yeah, so anybody, even if you're not getting married, but if you love cake, and who doesn't? Or, or dresses. Yeah. Or bouquets. Yeah, or but tool. mostly cake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pine fabrics. 
I'm gonna find a dress. I'm a princess. Well, it would be fun to go eat cake, though. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody likes eating cake. And Carly said that you eat at least that much. At least enough to pay for your ticket. Yeah, Yeah. so let's all go eat some cake. (laughs) Well, the sound of my fiance uh, deleting this podcast off of her (laughs) subscriptions list means that the Oklahoma Today podcast is coming to a close. Join us again next week, or if you just can't get enough, head to oklahomatoday.com and pick up our latest issues on newsstands right now. Send your feedback to OKTPod at travelok.com, and we'll talk to you again next week. The Oklahoma Today podcast is a production of Oklahoma Today magazine and the Oklahoma uh, Tourism and Recreation Department. Your hosts are Oklahoma Today editors Nathan Gunner, Greg Elwell, Carly Ibarra, Megan Rossman, and Ben Lucian. Theme song editing and production help by Oklahoma Today's production manager, Bridget Sloan. For more information, visit oklahomatoday.com. Goodbye. Dresses. Pretty dresses. I'm a princess. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs>